Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Welcome to church again. Welcome online if you're streaming in. For those I haven't met yet, my name's Emma. I'd love to chat to you afterwards. How are we doing this morning? Good. Let me just get myself. Try not to drop anything. We know my track record. (laughs) So across the last few weeks, we've been looking at um, a series about what makes you, you. That you are what you say and you are what you do. I sound like Dr. Seuss there. (laughs) Because we're moving towards launching our theme for the year, Free People. And we'll be officially launching that on February the 11th. So make sure you're here for that day. And next week we have Pastor Dave speaking. So every Sunday is a good Sunday to be in church. But today we're going to be talking about a story about a young man, Joseph. Now maybe you don't know his story. It's a pretty juicy story. It's filled with a lot of family drama. And maybe you're like, I already experienced all that drama over the holidays. Don't worry, we're not going to get into all the family drama. But his story is one where he was given a dream and that dream didn't get fulfilled. That promise didn't get fulfilled until 13 years later. And it's filled with lots of tests, a lot of trials. It comes with imprisonment and a desperate housewife and there are a lot of things in between. But I wanna talk about the beginning of the story and I wanna talk about where it started. And maybe you're like, you know, I've heard that story of waiting. I've lived that story of waiting. I don't want to talk about waiting today. You know, we're almost a month into this year. That's crazy, right? But but we're going to talk about the beginning. We're going to talk about when Joseph was 17 years old. And we're going to talk about belief. And we're going to talk about dreams today. So the title of my message is Dream Again. And so, you know, Joseph, he was born into a family, and there's a lot of brothers. It's a big family. But it started with belief. And at 17 years old, his story began with an openness to hear. And it says in Genesis 37 that Joseph was tending the crops. He was tending the field. He was working. And God spoke to him and gave him a dream. Now, to all the non-17-year-olds who are joining us today, maybe you're like, I feel like I might feel a little too old to dream again. But, you know, there is so much more to your life and to your story. And I love it in Acts 2, verses 17, it says it this way. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on his people, on all people, Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And C.S. Lewis says it this way. He says, you are never too old to start another goal or dream a new dream. So can you do this with me? Can you say new dream? New dream. dream. I want to talk today about dreaming again. It's never too late to start believing again. And I just want to encourage you that maybe you've never heard this before, but if this is all you hear today, 
hear this. The best days of your life can still be ahead of you. They can still be ahead of you. It is never too late to start believing. It's never too late to say yes to the love and to the salvation and to the freedom that's found in Jesus. But the problem is, and the problem that I face regularly, is that there's a lot of life that happens and our dreams and our beliefs, they're continually and consistently delayed. They're derailed, they're tested, they're tried, just like Joseph's. And sometimes, if we're being honest, our dreams do die, or they dry up, or they get distracted, or they become deluded by other people's opinions and influences. And as we start this new year filled with possibilities, and you know, we're already into 2024, and maybe this year you've already made some resolutions, some new plans, some new goals. And statistically, hopefully, we're not in the kind of 50% of people who quit those by the end of January. But I want to encourage you today and hopefully inspire you to believe again, to feel that you have the ability to dream again. So the first thing that we find in this story, in Genesis 37, it says in verses 1 to 4, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Can everyone say he was tending the sheep? Excellent. So if we're going to dream again this year, the first thing that we need to do is define our values. You see, a dream that has no anchor can easily float away. A dream that has no value behind it, it has no substance, it has no why. It's not rooted in values. And if it's not coming from a place of values, it can easily die off. You see, we're all a product of our values. Maybe that came from your upbringing. Maybe that came from your parents. And simply said... If we don't value ourselves, we cannot value the thing that God has put within us. It's what makes us move. It's what makes us go. It's what drives us. We are a product of the value that God has put within us. And sure, some of us have inherited values. Some of us have enforced values. Maybe our children might say that. And some of our values are nurtured or they come from places of presence where God has spoken to us. But today, many of us, and this is what I believe the problem is, is that too many of our values are movable. They're not from a place of discipline. They're not from a place of routine. They're not from a place of tending. And tending really is, it's caring for, it's serving And we see the picture of sheep and shepherds multiple times throughout the Bible. You know, we see it a lot in the New Testament. Jesus, after he was resurrected, after the tomb, he goes first to Mary, and then he goes to Thomas, and he goes to the disciples, and then we see him go back to the disciples, and they were out fishing. And there's the story in John where the disciples were fishing, and they came up empty. And he instructs them how to become fishers and fishermen. 
And then they have this meal, and then he takes Peter, and he pulls him aside, and he has this amazing conversation with him. It's in John 21, verses 15 to 17. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Now, this conversation is after Peter's values had shifted. Under pressure, he had denied Jesus. And, you know, he must have been thinking, that's it. This is over. I blew it. But, you know, Jesus shows up in his mess and in his disappointment, and he invites him back. He recommissions him to be a shepherd again, to love, to tend his people, to tend to his values again. You see, Joseph's dreams were not a projection of his own self-importance. You know, that's what his brothers thought they were. But he came from a place of trusting God. They were not his dreams. They were God's dreams. He was tending and nurturing and following the things that God had placed in him. You know, they came from a place of confidence that God could fulfill the dreams that he had put within him. And through that value and through that trust, he knew his significance. He had a definitive value that God had placed within him from a young age. And it starts with imagination. It starts with belief. It starts with a dream. But it sticks and it stays with surrender. It stays, it's unmovable when you say, God, I know this is yours. Because if it's, if it's mine, if it's in my strength, then it's in my weakness. It's in my hands. I can fail it. But if it's God's, it's in his hands. You know, we surrender and we put our confidence and our strength in him. And can I encourage you today? If you're about to start a new dream or you're wanting to start a new dream, can you let it be a God dream? Can you say, God... You know, this is not out of desperation, but this is out of surrender. I want what you want. So the second thing that we learn from Joseph's dream is that he was determined to move. What does moving look like? For Joseph, it looked like action. The first thing that he did at the beginning of the story is that he went and he communicated what his dream was. He told his brothers, and sure, the outcome was not ideal. The brothers rejected his dream. But isn't that more of our reality than not? That when we communicate things, we're so nervous about what other people might say or being rejected by them. So much so that maybe we're even fearful to say what it is that God's placed within us. You know, God, I think this is what you want for me but it feels like I'm unable due to my fear 
to confess the bold thing that you want me to do. What a beautiful picture of Joseph's confidence in God that he was like, I don't care what happens. I'm going to move in this. I'm going to take action in this. I'm going to trust that if this is a God thing, that I'm going to move forward. I'm determined and I have a resolution that I see what God sees. So I'm going to do what God wants. Habakkuk 2 says it this way. It says in verses 1 to 3. I will take my stand at the watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come it will not delay. You know, what's that passage about? It's about taking action. You know, Habakkuk is upset at the state of the nation, and so he's seeking God. You know, he climbs, and he stands. He looks, and he waits. He writes, and then he moves. He's determined to get his vision, but to get your vision... You have to look, and then you have to move. And there are a lot of action steps to take. But this isn't just about us working up a dream, like making it happen by ourselves. You know, another way that we can keep our dream alive, another way that we can move, is we can move in rest. You know, the Hebrew word for vision is health and dream. It's combined. It's health and rest together. And I don't know about you, but if I'm not getting my REM, if I'm not sleeping well, resting, then I'm not dreaming. You see, what you're facing that might be delaying or deterring the dreams that you have or you once had, that thing is not permanent. Joseph wasn't in the pit forever. Joseph wasn't in prison forever. There's an out to your circumstance. This too shall pass. Maybe it feels like forever right now, but it's not a permanent place. And Joseph had to wait, and he had to be patient, and he had to stand, and he had to stay. But first, he had to have a determination that he was going to move when God said move. He was determined to take action, live boldly, implement his plans, and imagine what God had in store for him. He initiated action. To dream again, the third thing that we need to do, and this is a word for me, and and maybe it's a word for you, is we need to debate our doubt. We need to have an argument with our insecurities. We need to confront the things that are confusing us, debate that doubt, confront that fear. And I don't know about you, but my mind can be a pretty noisy place. There can be a lot of doubting voices. Is this the best course of action? Did I do this perfectly? Is this the right way? 
And what I've learned is that we have the access and the ability not to just say, I am statements about ourselves. You know, God hasn't gifted you his word just to believe what he says about you. You know, that's awesome. But he's also gifted you his word as a weapon to be able to war against the things that the enemy says about you. So yes, we can say, I am more than a conqueror. I am made in his image. But we can also confront our beliefs as well to say, wait a minute. You know, I don't think I believe that. You know what? I've spent too much time around that wrong person and it's messed with the way that I believe. They critiqued me, they brought me down, and they're not here now, but maybe their voice is still continuing. It's echoing. And not only am I made in God's image, but that means that voice that says, you're not enough or I can't, that voice is wrong. I actually don't believe that. But we have to give it space and time. And can I encourage you? This might seem practical or simple as you, as, as you start the new year, but maybe you make a mood board or a vision board or maybe you journal about all the things that are in your heart, and that's amazing. But can I also encourage you to take the time to just write down and confront all of the things that are messing with your mind, all the doubts, all the fears, all the things that feel like hurdles to you that are not of God, all the lies, all the things that the tactic of the enemy would want you to believe instead of the dream that God wants to give to you. Because a head full of fear has no space or place to hold faith. And when we start listening to all those other things, we have no room to not only breathe, but we have no room to listen we have no room to receive. There's no space. And in the New Testament, it talks about sowing into the spirit and it talks about what it looks like to sow into the flesh. And if we keep filling our mind and filling our flesh with the wrong things, we're all stored up. And there's no room for God to be able to speak into your destiny and speak into your future. You know, there is a real living evil thing that's out there to speak into your mind. And you have the ability to feed both spirits. What are you storing up? You know, in verse nine, in the passage, it says that Joseph had another dream. And he dreamed multiple times throughout this passage, but at the beginning of the story, he dreamed when he was 17, and then he dreamed again and he told it to his brothers. And I love what Joseph says in verse nine, he comes to them in a confrontational picture and he says the word, listen. He goes to his brothers and he goes, listen. Now he's the youngest in the family. And in our family, our youngest Harriet, she has to speak up and things can get pretty loud. <laughs> The other night when we were just hanging out after dinner with the kids, Jono's watch started vibrating, alerting him that the decibel, decibel level of the current environment was too high for safe noise levels. Because <laughs> when she's around her brother, 
Harriet has learnt to get loud. You know, your youngest babies, your youngest children, you need to be heard. I, I get it. But Joseph says, listen to me. He commanded them to hear what he had to say. And he tells them, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. But I love that picture that he's telling all of his older brothers to listen to me because he had bold belief. He had the ability to confront the picture of doubt and those that would come against his dream. He had bold belief. He said, listen to the word God has put within me. Listen to the dream. Listen to the belief that I have. And in Proverbs 29 verse 18, it says, where there is no revelation or vision, people cast off restraint or they lose their values. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. The message version says that those without vision stumble all over themselves. They move waywardly, they float through life, they don't have resolution, they don't have determination, they don't have bold beliefs, they don't have values. Heed means to pay attention, to notice, to look, to listen. To get up on that watchtower, just like in Habakkuk, and say, I'm going to look for the things of God. But not only am I going to look, I'm going to listen. And I'm going to make space to boldly confront those who want to deter my destiny. Those things that want to get in the way of the thing that God has for me. I just want to invite the band back up. Got a couple more points. But the fourth thing in the beginning of the story is that distance isn't defeat. Joseph was distant from his dream, but he wasn't defeated. And now here's the reality. Between now and the end of 2024, you are going to face delays. You are going to face obstacles. You are going to feel far away from that dream sometimes. And I know that doesn't feel very encouraging this morning. But distance becomes a reality. And I think relationally, there's a picture of how Joseph communicated to his brothers. And then he was rejected. And he was in a pit. And he was all alone. And he was distant from any progress of that dream. And I think this is one of my favorite parts of the story, is that Joseph's resolution endured through rejection. Not only were his brothers like, oh, not only do we think you're completely out of your mind with this dream, but we are so upset with you at what you've told us that we're gonna take such extreme measures to deny your dream. And Joseph faced extreme rejection. And I can't imagine what that would have felt like to go to a family member and experience that. 
you know, we have two kids and if, if I'm like, if either of them ever came to us and said, I believe that I want to do this one day, I can't imagine saying, absolutely not. And not only am I not going to support your dream, but I'm going to rip it away from you and reject it. I can't imagine what that must have felt like for him. And I think that, you know, when we're in times in isolation or we are in pits per se in our lives, it's so easy for those places to feel like, okay, you know what? Time for that dream to die. I'm just going to become a realist. I'm going to put this dream right down here in the pit. But, you know, in isolation, Joseph didn't allow the enemy to intervene. And those can be spaces for sure when the enemy can come in and make you feel alone and make you feel like you're nothing. But those are also great places of strategy. Those are great places where you can say, God, I know that you can handle all of my questions. I know that you're not afraid of my doubt. You can hold every care that I'm carrying and that you're with me in these places. And in that place, I believe that God can give us a strategy to walk out and gain godly confidence to fulfill the things that He's placed within us. And finally this morning, I think that we can see that Joseph was delayed, but destined. Joseph was delayed, but he was destined. He was called. It was God's plan. And as a church, you know, we want to be life-giving to people. It's our hope and our prayer that people will encounter life here, that they would know what it is to feel the love and the life that God has given. But a lot of times when dreams are broken or shattered, we can lose that confidence. And therefore, you know, we lose that life or we might lose some of that zeal. We might lose some of that love for life. And I think often when dreams are broken, sometimes the confidence in God can be broken too. And throughout so many different pictures of Joseph's story, the trials, the setbacks, the rejection, imprisonment, temptation, everything that you can imagine. You know, maybe you feel that represents some of what you're up against. Joseph was delayed, but he was destined. And because Joseph understood that he could be confident in God and he could surrender to God, I'm sure many times Joseph said, God, I don't understand this but you're good and I trust you. And I just think, what a relief to say that I don't have to enter into this new year on my own strength, on my own vision board, on my own goals, but instead to say, God, you know, I wanna receive all that you have for me this year. I wanna surrender my goals and my hopes and I'm trusting that what you have is bigger and better. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.